welcome to Deeply Rooted Online, where women encourage women by sharing scripture and stories of God at work. Hello, friends. As we look into God's word today, it's our prayer that your roots in Christ will be deepened and you will become more confident in his deep love for you. And to that end, we have a special guest with us, along with Esther Jennings, uh, my friend. We have Esther Shanuda with us. Esther is a fourth year student at Queens and both Esther Jennings and I saw her at the recent baptism out at MBC. And we were so excited when we heard her testimony, we wanted to hear more. So welcome, Esther. So glad you can be here with us to share on Deeply Rooted Devos. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. And um, what a godly, you know, heavenly appointment of meeting you guys and being able to share this story on, on your podcast. So excited to be here. Well, we're thrilled to have you. How was it you first heard Jesus tell you he wanted a personal relationship with you? Yeah. Um, so early on as a child, my faith kind of journey and my family's journey to faith is a little bit untraditional. Uh, my mom was a Catholic immigrant from Eastern Europe, and my dad was a Coptic Orthodox immigrant from Sudan. So it was really, you know, a miracle from God himself when they both came together. Um, and, and, you know, later on in their adult life, they experienced the healing and transformative power of Jesus. So at the age of 10 years old, I, I watched both of my parents give their life to Jesus and I watched both of them be baptized. Um, and I heard the true gospel for the first time at the age of 10. And it was in that moment that Jesus told me, Esther, you know, I want this kind of relationship with you too. Um, and I never really knew before that that personal relationship could even exist, that God himself could want to have a personal relationship with me. Um, and so, you know, I, I wish that could have been the moment where I, you know, gave my life to Jesus at the age of 10 and, you know, continued to live, but, uh, you know, for, for God fully and completely. But there, that was just the beginning of a spiritual journey. Um, and that was the beginning of God taking me through a lot of, you know, twists and turns and hills and valleys. And and he started to to paint this story and this picture, even through my brokenness and my mistakes. He accounted for all of those things. Um, and he took me, you know, through the next 10 years of my life, um, you know, back to that point when I was 20 years old to ask me that question again. Um, and when I finally had the strength to tell him yes. What a great testimony, Esther, and so wonderful that your parents came to know the Lord. Um, and I'm sure our listeners can identify with the fact that there's, that it's a journey. You know, mm -hmm. some people have dramatic moments. It starts right the first time they hear about Jesus. But for some of us, as Paul says, some plant the seed, some water, and some see the growth. It can take time. So you've yeah, said that sure. you were in a bit of a pit in your second year of university. What, what does that mean and how did you get there? And how in particular did God meet you in that dark place? Um, so yeah, you know, when I came to university, it was, it was a whole new world for me. And the university that I go to is really known for its partying and its drinking culture. And um, upon coming into university, you know, I had a relationship with God, but I wasn't in fully pursuit of Jesus. There were still things above Jesus that I was seek seeking to find my fulfillment, whether that was validation in people, whether that was attention, whether that was to identify with a certain group. 
Um, and so coming into university, my foundation in Christ was not strong. So, you know, when the wind and the storm came, I was shaken like a house built on sand. Um, and, you know, in the first two years, I had made some challenging choices. I had, you know, engaged in activities that, you know, weighed me down with guilt and shame. And, and you know, through those activities, the devil, you know, started to wage a war in my mind and started to tell me, you know, you're not good enough to come back to God. You might as well just keep going down this path because there's no way he can forgive you now. Um, and so, you know, I had been on this constant Ferris wheel of living with regret, um, and it felt like there was no escape and I didn't have the courage to live differently in that point in my life from everyone else around me, which is, which is what Jesus calls us to do. Um, so, you know, after living life by my playbook for the first year of university, the main kind of point for me that, you know, really pushed me into that pit was a devastating heartbreak that I experienced. And it was in that point, that really dark place where I hit rock bottom, where there was just this beautiful paradox, because in such a low moment like that, the only way I could look was Jesus. The only way that I could look was up. And even when I was building my testimony, God really brought me to Psalm 107. And it's kind of a psalm that talks about um, the the bondage experience through sin. Uh, It's very symbolic of that. So it says in Psalm 107, verse 12, that's why he broke them with hard labor. They fell and no one was there to help them. And that's how I felt in that pit. I felt like there was God had to bring me to that point to remind me that the only way I could get out of there was to really rely on him because he is the way. And it says in verse 14 of the same psalm, just two verses after, he led them from the darkest and the deepest gloom and he snapped their chains. And so it was in that pit, that low moment where the only way to run was Jesus, that when I finally accepted him and said, okay, God, the only person who can rescue me from this place is you. So please rescue me. And that is when he snapped my chains, because that was my moment of realizing that I can't do this by myself, that my whole plan put me in that place um but god's plan was different and he and he snapped my chains well praise the lord for that you know i do think often during those university years and college years it's such an important time for students we don't want to forget to pray for all those students talk about the turning point where god stepped in as you gave him the pen to write your story Mm, that's a good one So I think that, you know, kind of like Esther said at the beginning, like you said at the beginning, there is this journey that God takes you on. A lot of people look at you after you know you have encountered God and they're like, you're so different. When did this happen? What was the moment? But it's not what God's taught me through this, you know, journey is that it's it's not a moment. It's a con- it's consistency. It's consistently being obedient to the spirit because the spirit is living in the spirit is contradictory to living in the flesh. So when you are obedient to the spirit, whether it's through the small things or the big things, as you constantly start to listen to that still small voice time over time, like just like you build a habit over time you begin that transformation. That's God's purification process. So it was a journey um, of healing from that heartbreak. Um, And I was kind of starting to listen to that still small voice after I'd made myself numb to it for so long after I hadn't listened to it. And and so I just got sick and tired of wearing that lukewarm blanket of Christianity. You know, I had, I had seen people around me, you know, abuse the Christian identity. I'd seen myself abuse the Christian identity just for any advantage I could get from it, whether it was community or whether it was just a sense of belonging, but I wasn't there for the right reasons. I wasn't there for the main reason, which should have been Jesus. 
And so, um, you know, as I, you know, continue to listen to the spirit's voice, I felt conviction in places of my life where I used to think that was completely normal. And there was a lot of times, you know, even with things like vanity, things like craving validation from, you know, whether it's, you know, through friendships, whether it's through relationships, like, you know, I used to see that as normal. And then God was like, that's not normal because you're finding your fulfillment in something that's other than me. Um, and so I kind of came to this Psalm 32 surrender, which is what I like to call it. And it says in Psalm 32, verse five, it's like just this final moment where you, the guilt and the shame is released. Uh, and it's just, I think it's really symbolic of just what it feels like when that guilt is gone and you start to step into becoming that new creation in Christ. Um, and it says, finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. And there was just such a power in that last line. All my guilt is gone. And I think that's what it feels like when you step into new life in Jesus, because you don't feel the things that used to weigh you down no longer have a hold on you. And you live your life in a, in a way that you never thought you'd be able to live it before. So that's kind of how he continued and, and started that journey of transforming my heart. Esther, thank you for sharing your story. And, you know, as you refer to Psalm 107, mm -hmm. I just thought, I just turned to it and I thought, you know, verse 13 just seems to sum up your entire story. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble mm -hmm. and he delivered them from their distress. Mm -hmm. And I think that's such a reassuring verse for mm -hmm. all of our listeners, no matter what you're going through, mm -hmm. whether it's um, uh, loss of a job or even disappointment in people. Right. And we get so down and dis distressed. Um, but he says, then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. Isn't that the place that we need to go? in our trouble. We yeah. cry to the Lord. He's the only one who really can re relieve our distress and pull us out and show us what good things he has for us. And I love to hear your story because you're reminding us that even in the dark places, mm -hmm. he was there. He was there. Even when you felt so alone, mm -hmm. he was there and he was writing your story. And I liked how you referred to when did you give him the pen to write your story? And so often I think we want to write it ourselves. Mm -hmm. We have a plan that it should look this way, but when we let God write the story, wow. I mean, you're radiant. <laughs> like you have just um, stepped into this, this freedom to allow him to write your story. And I think that's beautiful. Thank you so much. Mm. Yeah. And, it, and it's been beautiful to see how he's written it too, because mm. I think a constant theme, even just with sharing a story, whether it's in university, whether it's, you know, through my baptism or with friends has been, you know, God's the best storyteller. Like he can write a story, like even when you watch movies and you see like the character of the underdog who becomes like, you know, like the cool person, it's like, you know, where did that start? That started with David and Goliath, the shepherd who turned into the king. And so I just think that God tells the best stories. And as I've given him, as I've made room for him to tell my story, um, he's, he's turned it into one more beautiful than I could ever write for myself. 
Wow, Esther, I respond so much to that idea that God is behind everyone's story. So thank you for sharing your story with us. And uh, we look forward to hearing a little more about your story in our next episode of Deeply Rooted Deepers. Thanks for joining us at Deeply Rooted today. If God has been speaking to you and you want to connect with someone for prayer, email us at deeplyrooted at myharvestchurch.ca. Be sure to subscribe to this channel to receive notifications when new content is released. And finally, let's stay connected with one another and deeply rooted in Christ. Thank you.